So today we'll be talking about uh, Christ in youth in Estes Park. And, and as you guys know, uh, we have a mission. There is a reason that our church exists, and, and there's a lot of things that we do. We're going to build ourselves as discipleship, grow closer to Christ. There's a lot of things that we do as a church, but God gave our church a mission. Uh, he told us to, to make disciples, and we are missionaries right here in Estes Park, and we've talked about that, that we, we're called to saturate the Estes Valley with the good news of Jesus Christ. And our strategy to do it is no different than it was the apostles. It is to be disciples of Jesus, to build disciples of Jesus. And when we, we think about this, oftentimes we think about being missionaries in our community and reaching out. Oftentimes we forget that our youngest members of our society are still members of our society. And so uh, today we have the opportunity to hear about some things that are going on in our, thing, uh, in our, in our community to help us reach them. And the first thing I want to point out is that Christ wants us to make disciples of all people, all people. In fact, our, our passage that we, we come back to, I don't know, just about every week, says this uh, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It tells us how to do it, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And be sure of this, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Right? But notice this part in red, so handy that it's in red. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, the word that he used there is ethnos which is, you know, ethnic groups, all kinds of people. Now, the idea behind this isn't that we just go and reach, you know, the blacks and the whites, the Hispanics and all this. It is that. But it's we reach everybody. That's what Jesus is talking about. I mean, this was a bigger concept. And to the Jewish mind, of course they would reach their children. But to reach their neighbor's kids, to reach the foreigner's kids, <laughs> the Samaritan's kids, are you kidding me? And Jesus shows us that the gospel is for everybody. For whether you're Jew or you're Gentile, whether you're rich or you're poor, you're slave, you're free, you're man, you're woman, you're old or you're young, the gospel is for you. And our church, we cannot rest as believers. We have received this good news. How can we rest until everyone has at least heard it? And that includes our youth. And Jesus wants us to reach everybody. Christ wants us to make disciples of all people, including children. And we have to really own that uh, because here's a large segment in our SS Park population that oftentimes we can, we can just overlook, I mean, quite literally, because they're short, right? And you just don't see them. But they're valuable, and they matter to Christ, and they matter. They're an important part of our church. Now, we also see here that uh, children are an important part of our church family. It's not just that Christ wants us to reach the youth. See, children aren't just an add-on to the church. Remember today's memory verse? I hope so, because it was like three minutes ago that we did this. <laughs> All right. And here's, here's from a different passage, a parallel one, uh, that talks, give you a little more background. People were bringing babies to Jesus to place them in his hands, right? Babies. And the disciples, they saw this and they rebuked those people. Get those babies away. Jesus isn't a children's pastor. No. But Jesus called to the children and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You see what Christ is saying here? Is that children have equal access to him as we do. See, children's ministry isn't just something that we, we set off into the side corner, that we just put the kids away until they're old enough till they can actually have a faith. They are a part of the church. 
They're as equally important part of the church as we are. I, as a pastor, am just as concerned about their development and, and their growth in Christ as I am about yours. And it should be that way. Our children and our youth are part of the family. It's like at Thanksgiving we have a kid's table oftentimes that we like to, to set the kids aside. And, and that's practical, and I think the kids have more fun at that anyhow. But the danger is when we have a kid's table is to make them feel like they're second-class family members. Now, we have a praise place program, and we have youth ministries and all these things that we do as a church to, to minister to our kids. But we have to be careful never to make them feel that they're second-class Christians, that when they come of age, well, then they have something of value for Christ. No, today they have some value of Christ. They are the church today, not just of the future. That's powerful. And so we see in this passage, yes, the children are part of the church family, not apart from the church family. We don't separate them. It's not as though you have youth ministry and children's ministry and then the rest of people's ministry. No, we have men's ministry and women's ministry. It doesn't mean that men and women are less part of the church. We have family ministries. We have small groups. Those small groups are part of the church. We have youth ministry because we want to help them develop in Christ. But they are just as much part of this family. They are just as welcome here as any of the rest of us. Hugely important. And because of these, these truths... It's important to see the church must be active in reaching and discipling our children and youth. That's what we have to be a part of. If we really claim our mission is to reach this community, saturate the Estes Valley with the good news of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to be reaching our children. We have to do that. Now, I've got some good news for you. We are. (laughs) Well, this is not something we're sitting back on, but, but you know what? Not every child has been reached yet. But here's some things that we do have going on. As far as strategically, we want to reach every single corner of the youth population in Estes Park so that they know that there's hope and there's life and there's purpose for them and there's a God who loves them. Till every child goes to bed at night knowing that there's a God who cares about them so deeply that he left heaven to make peace between him and God. I mean, how cool is that? Until that happens, we cannot rest. This is what we are doing. And we started off by saying, let's reach the kids that are part of this family and so we have a praise place program which is phenomenal james does a wonderful job and we have wonderful praise place teachers that that volunteer their time on a weekly basis that go in and teach our kids about christ Uh, even from the babies Uh, joan schultz has an amazing ministry for years and the, the kids learn to love the word of god and they learn who christ is and what he's done for them from a very young age and for for years We've had that in place. Then we also have a a youth group program. Uh, We join together with Mountain View. We call it the Alliance. They've gone on missions trips and camps and things like this. But more than that, every week they're learning about Christ. There's an opportunity. But you know not every kid comes to youth group? That's just the thing. So we decided, you know what, as a community... Last year, we decided, let's get together and do a a bigger outreach. Let's have a a much wider swath. Let's get together, and let's have something that we can share the gospel to more kids. And we're going to focus on, right now, middle schoolers, because that's a great place if you're going to build a youth ministry. You start with middle schoolers, because they're excited about everything, and they want to be together. And so that's where we started. And so uh, we, we started doing that, and we have the hub. And did you know this last year, 17 kids already have given their lives to the Lord? In our community. That's happening. But that's not enough. See, those things are outside of the schools. The next phase is now to go into those, to even to the schools, and to be able to reach the kids everywhere 
with the good news of Jesus. And, and today we have a couple of guests that are, that are doing that. There's ministries that are happening in Estes that make that happen. And the first one is from Child Evangelism Fellowship. And uh, I'm going to show a little video, and Ken's part of that. And uh, they have something in our elementary schools called Good News Club. I heard about it just a couple weeks ago, and it's already been going for a couple years in the elementary school. But this is, well, here, you just watch. Watch this. If you go to Good News Club, you always meet new friends. All the teachers are nice, and when I went there, it was a lot of fun. We have snacks, then we do songs, then we have a Bible story. Dancing, moving their arms. It makes me feel like joy in my heart. It's actually pretty fun. I would describe the Good News Club as high energy, friendly, positive. They're in a class with people that are mentoring them and encouraging them to make good choices. The emphasis on core values such as integrity, trustworthiness, honesty. And also gives the students a time to reflect on life, you know, what's, what they want to do and how God could use them you know, through their lives. It's a fun club that they can come to to learn about those things in a non-threatening way. I have this student. He is um, currently in the fourth grade. I would see him daily in the office. The teacher would send him with a daily behavior report because he was always misbehaving. Since he became part of the Good News Club, he has flourished. It does make a difference um, in the lives of the students, how they behave. After he became a part of the Good News Club, I think he felt a sense of uh, family, maybe being part of a group. Parents really like the Good News Club. It's a, a safe place for children to, to work in, to be involved in, to be engaged in. It's just cute hearing the stories that the parents come and relate to you on what their kids are getting from the, the Good News Club. And the kids go around singing the verses at home. They're always very excited when we pick them up from school from what they learned and everything that the students are taught within the Good News Club aligns perfectly with our character education program here. We just want to be there for these kids and, um, and just love on them and, and share God's love with them. Isn't that awesome? That's not just something that's happening out there. That's happening here in Estes Park. And one of our very old, Ken, is part of this. So I invited Ken to come and share a little about this. So Ken, come on up. Well, they said a lot of it already. So, But um, I just want to give you just a little brief background on how we got interested in children's ministry. And then we'll talk just a couple minutes about CEF. Kay and I were going uh, to a very large church in Boulder, Colorado since about 1971. They had over 2,000 members, and um, they made an appeal to the congregation. This was when our son, then five years later in 77, uh, with that many people, you think that they'd have all kinds of Sunday school teachers. 
No, wrong. They had to make an appeal to the congregation of over 2,000 people. Uh, We need Sunday school teachers. And very few hands raised. And my wife and I looked at each other and said, we got to do this. And that's when the Lord put that on our hearts. And we've been working with children for over 30 years now. And and then in 2008, we... uh, applied to be missionaries to the children of Holland. Let me clarify, Holland. Um, Kay and I are both second-generation U.S. with both Dutch backgrounds. And um, so we went to the Internet. We didn't know anything about CEF. And we said, uh, children's ministries in Holland. So all this stuff came up. We started looking at it. This just doesn't look right. It was Holland, Michigan. <laughs> so I should have said the Netherlands or even better, Nederland. So, so anyway, we applied and uh, it came to be about nine months later, it, we got our acceptance letter and we were going to be missionaries to the children of Holland and we were all set to go. And there was an illness between uh, us and but I'm not going to go into that. So at the very 12 hours before we were to leave, um, we couldn't go. But the Lord had plans for our life, working with children, and now there is a CEF program right here in Estes Park, and it's great. And I just found out about it myself. I didn't realize it was going on last year, or I would have been in it. Um, but it, it, this is the second year, and it's, it's at the elementary school, and it starts at about 3.20 in the afternoon and goes to about 4.45. And we do those things like you saw in the video. Snack, which they love, uh, and, and then songs, lots of waving of arms and mo- body movements and all that. Uh, the Bible lesson, and then games, and it, it is amazing. These kids just love it, and it's such a blessing to our hearts. And um, I know it's going to just make this whole community better. The reason I know that, when we lived in Boulder, I was involved in a children's ministry in Lafayette, Colorado. It was a trailer park ministry. And uh, these kids, they, they didn't have a lot of direction. And they were headed for a real bad road, even at young children. And so the church we were attending, we decided to take on that uh, trailer park ministry at that church and brought food for them about 6 o'clock at night, did the same things as CEF, you know, games, songs, lesson. And uh, after about four or five months, the director of that trailer park came up to us and said, there's been a whole change in this trailer park. The parents are asking, what's going on? The kids are so much better at home. The the gangs aren't starting up, and that's the direction it was heading to otherwise. And uh, it changes lives. If it changes lives in children, and then the parents start asking, what's going on? The next thing they want to know is, well, that sounds pretty good to me. I want to know more about it. So it's it's a good news club for the children but it's a good news club for adults as well. And so let's get behind this program here in Estes Park. If your children go to that uh, after-school ministry here, great. 
if they don't please, if whether your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever, send them, we'll make sure that they have a great time and learn about Jesus. And every week, uh, we give an excuse me, we give an invitation to the children. And there's at least two or three that always raise their hand and they want to know, do we get that in churches sometimes, right? People don't want to accept Christ or they don't want to raise their hand. It's the real thing. So let's get behind this program here in Estes Park. Thank you very much. Well, don't leave. We want to pray for you. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's pray for Cam. Opportunity. Let's give us that honor. So let's pray Well, there's, for there's four or five of us that work in that ministry. It's not just myself. So I'll, The whole ministry. The whole ministry. We'll pray for them. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that uh, you were the great first missionary. You came for us. And thank you for including us in that calling. And, Father, we are excited about what uh, the Good News Club is doing and what the Child Evangelism Fellowship is doing to reach children around the world. And, Father God, we pray for Ken and for the other volunteers that are part of this Good News Club, that you give them wisdom and good health and opportunity. Father, that uh, you would give them a blessing, anointing to their ministry. Father, we pray that the gospel would, would reach every corner of the elementary school, Lord. And that it would touch those kids' hearts, that it would make sense to them, Lord, and they would respond in faith. And Father, I pray that you would help us to not just bring them to faith, but to grow them deep in their faith as well. And Lord, we pray that the the Good News Club would be a blessing as well to the teachers and the parents and the administration of the school. That you would receive the glory that is due you, that you are a good God who loves them all. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. you. Well, here's the thing. Kids don't stop being loved by Jesus once they get out of elementary school, okay? When they go into middle school, they're still loved, and they still need to be reached. And I know, it's amazing, but he does. He loves them, and he calls us to reach them. And so we've had ministries outside of the schools for quite some time and have been doing as best as we can to to reach with our pockets. But uh, there is something happening in our our middle and high schools right now that is really exciting. Um, there, there's a guy amongst us, uh, Scott Miller. You'll, you'll recognize him. I have him come up here. Uh, you could come on up, Scott. Scott, you might recognize him. He was a youth pastor at another church in town. We won't mention names. <laughs> but a good friend and a partner in ministry, uh, Rocky. He was a partner in ministry for a long time. And, and uh, God called him to this next step in ministry, which uh, is a, what the Loveland Director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. And what Fellowship of Christian Athletes can do is get us into the schools. Uh, they're meeting in the school. They have huddles there, and, and they're reaching those students for Christ. It's a phenomenal next step in our outreach to our youth. And so I'm not going to tell you about it because Scott does a much better job. So, Scott, thank you, and, and share with us about your okay. vision for FCA. Good morning. I'm shorter than Ken. Good to see you all. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. Um, Aaron's already stole my thunder. He's already talked a little bit about it. Um, I have, uh, I've been in youth ministry, or I've been a pastor towards uh, youth or young adults or families for the last 23 years. 
And, uh, and my passion, my heart is to see young people walk in a daily committed relationship with Jesus Christ every single day, in a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. That's what's driven me. That's what motivates me. Um, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is I like to see uh, young people uh, transformed by uh, the blood of Jesus Christ and how they live that out. Um, so I've been working for different churches off and on for the last 23 years. And uh, the last 10 years, I've been working at Rocky Mountain Church here in Estes Park. And um, about three years ago, I read an article that quoted uh, a Barna research organization. Have you guys heard of Barna? Okay, Barna. Anyway, um, one of the quotes, one of the things that they, they highlighted was there's uh, in any given community in the United States, um, 80% of that community will not go to a church except for Christmas and Easter, 80%. Okay, so that means 20% of any given community in the United States, 20% of Estes Park goes to church um, on, any given, on any given weekend. Uh, that wasn't the disturbing thing for me. Uh, the most disheartening, disturbing thing for me after being in ministry for so long, uh, working for a church for so long, the disturbing part for me was that is not a new statistic. That is a 40 or 50 year old statistic. We have not made headway into that 80%. We have settled for this, um, this version of Christianity that says, you know, if we can just attract people to us and we'll give them the truth here, um, then we'll be effective in our community. We have not. And so as a pastor for 20 some years, my heart was grieved. And so I began to pray, Lord, this was three years ago, Lord, bring us something or someone to help us reach that 80 percent. And for me, primarily, I'm thinking youth and uh, college age students. Uh, because that's that was my field. It, it is my field. So, Lord, please bring something or someone. And uh, the Lord answered my prayer. So be careful what you pray for sometimes. He said, I have brought something, and that something is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That is a vehicle. It is a parachurch ministry that's been around for 60 years. Um, it's a ministry that's... Um, the basic uh, theme behind it is uh, to use sports as a platform to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all it is. It's a platform. Yes, we talk about sports. We talk about athletics. We talk about all that stuff. But one of the things I try to communicate to all of our students is that uh, you have a platform. If you're in drama, you have a platform. If you're in the 4-H club, you have a platform. If you're in uh, skateboarding or debate or whatever, you have a platform. Use that platform to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, yes, we do primarily focus on sports, but um, we also have students, several students involved that are not involved with sports at, at all either. Um, so the Lord said, this is the vehicle, FCA is the vehicle to get us into the schools. And I said, okay, Lord, thank you so much. Now, who do I know that works for FCA? And he says, I've called you out of the church to go and be a missionary with FCA in the Loveland area. So I'm like, okay, dang it. <laughs> um, I've never raised support in my life. I don't know what that's like. I didn't know what that was like. Um, I have a feeling it was a little bit like stepping out of the boat. So stepping out of the boat into nothing <laughs> is a little nerve-wracking. Um, I have preached gospel. I've preached messages on trusting the Lord, but I have begun to realize in the last year what it means to trust the Lord, the whole idea between concept and reality. So uh, 
I do trust the Lord. He has sustained us now for 15 months, and I am so grateful for that. So let me tell you a little bit what's happened in the last 15 months. I started working with FCA in 2013. Uh, that was August of last year. Uh, I started with four college-age volunteers. I am big on discipleship. Aaron and I have talked about this for years. Aaron and I worked together for the first, well, I don't know, for the first eight or nine years. All ten years, Aaron and I have walked together. We share a similar burden uh, for people in our community, for students in our community. Um, I've even coached football with Aaron uh, for years. Um, so, um, where was I? Okay, so last year I was at... Uh, I had four college-age um, students that were volunteering to help me with starting this FCA ministry. Um, I had three high school volunteer students that said, we believe in FCA. We want to see that happen on our campus. So that's what I started with last August. Um, my, my area of responsibility is the Loveland area, which includes six area high schools. Um, Estes Park is included in that. Estes Park High School is included in that. The five Loveland schools are uh, Mountain View, Loveland High School, Thompson Valley, Resurrection Christian School, and Berthet High School. So those are the six high schools that, um, that the Lord has given me responsibility over. Um, uh, that's my calling. This is my mission field. As a missionary, this is what I'm, look, I'm looking at. Um, as of this week, we have a huddle, a Bible study on every campus in my responsibility. And six campuses, on all six campuses, we have a huddle going on. We just started birth at the last, well, the week before Thanksgiving. We'll have our second huddle this next week. Um, what a huddle is, is a Bible study. We walk into campus, and uh, for, uh, I have about 45 minutes during their lunch hour where um, we, we, meet and greet, we do some trivia, but then we talk about the Bible for about 25 minutes with the students. As a youth pastor for 20, 23 years, um, I was never allowed to walk on a school campus and open up the Bible, never. As a youth pastor in Estes Park for 10 years, I was never allowed to walk on that school campus and open up the Bible and talk about Jesus Christ for 10 years. I coach football for 20-some years because it helps me get on campus so I can build relationships with students, but I can't open up the Bible and talk to them about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Last year, during the 12 months, except for the whole flood thing, I had trouble getting up here, I did a Bible study on Estes Park campus almost every single week. It is a miracle what God has provided. FCA is a vehicle. That's all it is. It is a vehicle that allows me to get on campus to open up the gospel of Jesus Christ and share that with kids who don't know him. All right. Um, so this as of law, this last week, we have a huddle, a Bible study on every campus every single week. I've got 11 college age students that are volunteering their time um, to minister, to uh, build discipleship relationships with these high school students. Um, uh, so. Oh, I didn't even add the Estes Park is the first middle school uh, huddle in northern Colorado. So we have a huddle in uh, middle school that Steve actually is a p really big part of that, um, allowing Steve, a pastor in your church, to get on campus and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to middle school. First middle school campus uh, huddle in, in northern Colorado. So we have 11 uh, college leaders. I have 30 high school leaders um, in just 15 months, okay? We have had one huddle uh, in last August that was about 15 students at Mountain View High School that was already up and running. Um, as of today, we have six huddles going 
at six of the campuses with over 200 kids coming every single week to these huddles, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is absolutely amazing what the Lord is doing. Um, he has opened the door for us, um, providing a bridge for us. One of the other parts of this ministry that uh, my heart is really um, passionate about is building a bridge between the church and the school campuses, getting the church an opportunity to get them involved in, on the school campuses. Um, because as a part of being a youth pastor for so long, I always seem like, God, it's so, if I could just get on campus, if I could just be a part of these students' lives, then maybe we could make a difference into that 80-20 uh, dichotomy. Um, so my passion is, uh, is, is not to celebrate FCA as a replacement for the church, but it's to celebrate FCA as a vehicle to help churches get on the school campuses. And so right now I am um, in the middle of developing partnerships with local churches in Loveland and Estes Park. Uh, Estes Park is really an awesome, um, uh, an awesome, uh, uh, has taken an awesome step as far as um, partnering with FCA. Uh, I have three youth pastors in Estes Park that um, basically run the huddles up here. They're in the hu- they're at the schools. And I, as a youth pastor for years, I could imagine like, man, if somebody would have offered me a chance to come into schools and do a Bible study, I would have been knocking on their door saying, hey, when can I come next? When can I come next? So this is what FCA has provided for our youth pastors in town. Um, there's about five churches in Loveland that I'm right now in, in talks with as far as partnering with them. Um, about seven youth pastors um, that I'm working with, five of them are in Loveland area, that are going on to school campuses and leading Bible studies on these different campuses at different times. I bring in other um, athletes, other college students to come in and speak and help, help develop these discipleship relationships with these high school students. So bottom line is God is doing great things. The ministry is exploding, and I am overwhelmed, and I need your help. I need the church. I need the body of Christ. Um, the Lord has allowed me to get outside the body to go and do ministry, but now I need the support of the body. Um, yeah, I do raise my monthly support. I'm always looking for individual families and people to say, yeah, you know what, I prayed about it and God wants us to get a part of it um, as a financial partner. Uh, but I'm also looking for churches to get alongside this ministry and say, we want to support the FCA ministry. Um, and uh, how can we go ahead and do that? I've got um, different ways you can get involved in the back there um, after the service. If you want to look at certain ways that you can get involved, I've got a handout you can take home with you. Um, if you want to just hear more information, I love one-on-one conversations. That's kind of my wheelhouse. And uh, so if you want um, more information one-on-one, um, I can get your email address afterwards. Uh, I am doing an informational meeting at Park Fellowship on Monday, December 15th where I'd love for you to come and hear about the strategic vision to reach that 80%. I'm not satisfied with the 20%. It grieves my heart that we seem to be okay with the 20%, sharing that 20%. My heart is to reach that 80%, and God has given me a strategic vision to reach that 80% using the church, using local businesses, using the the local universities, CSU and UNC, which all my, my volunteers go to either CSU or UNC, um, and, uh, and using FCA as a tool to reach that 80%. Thank you guys for letting me be here. Thank you. Well, let's pray for Scott and for FCA too. What an exciting thing. Heavenly Father, we are, uh, we're overwhelmed. This is, this is good. This is good stuff. Uh, Father, we pray your wisdom and blessing uh, for Scott 
and for his board of directors and for those at FCA that he works with. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for his vision, for his passion, for building disciples of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that the gospel is being preached even here in Estes Park in our middle school or high school. And Father God, we pray that you would continue to bless that. Lord, I pray that uh, you would allow the hearts of the students to be open, that their hearts would be good soil when the gospel falls upon it, that, that it would grow strong. Father, we pray for right volunteers and the right kind of support. Father, this ministry can continue. And Lord, we pray that uh, as these students convert to Christianity, Father, they would do more than that. But Father, they would find their life in you, that they would become disciples and they would learn to live that life of love which you have modeled for us, that they would make Jesus not just their Savior but Lord. And Father, I pray that you would empower and equip those students to be missionaries on their campuses and amongst their families. And Father, I pray for our church as well, uh, Lord, to help us to know how we can support and uh, not sit on the sidelines, but get engaged in this incredible outreach into our community, Father. We ask that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So, Christ calls us to be active. The church needs to be active in reaching our whole community, including our, our children, discipling them, not just reaching them, discipling them. And I hope that you see this morning that that's what's happening. You should get excited. You should have goosebumps, right? Because what we're doing with our youth is also what we want to be doing with every area of our, uh, of our society. Uh, it, what's true for the 80-20 for the kids is just as true for every age group. But Christ told us, told us to go and reach everyone. And so that's what we're going to do. And so as we bring this, this portion or this message to close, you say, Aaron, I'm excited about this. What can I do? How can I get engaged? What what are some next steps? Well, take out your connection card because I have some ideas. And on the back of that, here are some things that maybe you can do. Um, maybe you can memorize that Matthew 19:14. Meditate on it. Let God's work, God's word, do its work in your heart, and to realize God's heart for the children, not to hinder them, to, to let the, to let the children come, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Maybe that is what you need to start with. And start gaining God's heart for our youth. Because the last thing you want to have is a missionary in a mission field that doesn't have a heart for the mission. So maybe where you need to start is this. Maybe your heart is you're, you're, you're thinking, well, the kids are annoying or they're different or they're scary. Right? And that's, that's, that's fair. That's honest. Maybe where you need to start is to meditate and memorize the word of God. And gain God's heart for our youth. Maybe that's what you need to do. and Commit to that. Or... Maybe it's to read Luke 18. Read that in context. Read what, in context what Christ is teaching about and, and, and all Christ's heart for, for evangelism and discipleship on the bigger scale and where this, where this uh, memory verse falls in context. Because I think it will give you a better picture of Christ's heart uh, for that. Maybe what you could do is, is to pray. For our children, our youth. You know, a great way to gain a heart for something is to begin to pray for it. The word of God is very clear. God wants our youth to be reached. He wants everyone to be reached. So maybe what you can do is pray for our children. Pray for the youth. Pray for what God is doing through FCA and through Gospel Club. And what he's doing in, in the Alliance and the Hub and our Praise Place programming. Begin to pray for that. Pray for the kids that you know on your street. 
Maybe you don't know, but you see them get off the bus. Pray for them. Pray for your grandkids and your children. Maybe that's where we begin. How about this? Something to do. Maybe support FCA or CEF. Maybe there are ways that you can get involved. Maybe be a prayer partner or, or a volunteer or talk to those who are engaged. Talk to Ken. Talk to Scott. And say, you know what? I'm feeling a call to this. Maybe it's getting engaged in the hub or the alliance. We are always looking for children's, pa- uh, children's workers and youth workers. Always. <laughs> so we will train you. But maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe there's something else that God is calling on your heart. You feel something. The Holy Spirit is saying, do this, and I haven't mentioned it. That's fine. He's smarter than I am. He does what you want you to do. Write it down so I can support you in this, so the church can support you in it, so we can pray for you. Write that down. Maybe there's another commitment that you need to make or a prayer request that, uh, that you have. Know that as a church, we love to pray for one another and to, to, to bear each other's burdens for Christ. Maybe there's a prayer request that we can be praying for you. Maybe it has nothing to do with youth and children evangelism. Know that we love to pray for you this week. So you can write that down as well. And here in a minute, you can take this, this green connection card with your commitments on it. And I want you to drop these off in the offering basket along with your tithes and your offerings. And make this as well an offering of your heart to God. So um, as we prepare for that, let's, let's just pray for our offering. Um, let's do that now. Heavenly Father, Lord, you loved us so much that you came to this earth to die for our sins whilst we were still your enemies, <laughs> that Christ died for us. And Lord, you said that uh, even though that the wage of sin is death, the gift of God's eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's, that's amazing. You say in your word, Lord, that, that we are saved by your grace through faith. Now, Father, we just have to trust in Christ. But, Father, you called us to more than just be converts. You commanded us to make disciples. Go, you said, to all people. Make disciples of them to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then to teach them to obey everything you've commanded us. Christ told us, Lord, we hold this, we hear this. If we want to be your disciples, we have to hold to your teaching. So help us, Father, to do that. Lord, let us not just reach our community with the good news of Jesus. Help us build disciples. First, Father, we ask ourselves, help us to be disciples. Lord, in our own lives and those things that are keeping us away from you, we lay those down. Help us to lay those down so we can walk in a closer relationship with you. And Father, in so doing, I pray that you would reach this community, not just 20%, not just 80%, but everybody. And Father, for the tithes and the offerings, we're grateful. Thank you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to give back to you, to invest in your kingdom, to, to engage with you in this wonderful work. And I pray that you would bless whatever is offered today, Father, and you would magnify it for your work and for the spreading of the good news to every corner of this community and beyond. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.